Hey everyone, this is Aaron, and you're listening to the Seinfeld Law Podcast to hear all of our outrageous, egregious, and preposterous takes on the legal issues of our beloved show, Seinfeld. And today, we are honoring Martin Luther King Jr. by asking a question that maybe he himself even pondered, which pastry is the one that best reflects the legal doctrines about race in this country? And... uh, You know, Jerry says, look to the cookie. But as we're going to see, that might not be so clear to look to the black and white cookie. Zach, what do you have to say? Well, we'll save that exact answer to that question for the very end. But uh, let's get started at least with just a brief overview of the law. Basically, um, the 14th Amendment is passed after the Civil Rights Act. uh, Sorry, is passed after the Civil War. And uh, within the 14th Amendment is this little provision called the Equal Protection Clause. Equal Protection Clause is basically written to do as it says, provide equal protection to all Americans regardless of race. Um, And then that's sort of left, as a lot of provisions in the Constitution, sort of a generic statement until the 1896 decision of Plessy v. Ferguson. Plessy v. Ferguson uh, is now an infamous decision because it said that um, you could have separate laws that treat white and black Americans... uh, equally even if uh they are provided with separate services um the phrase that comes out of that is separate but equal um so as long as you're provided with equal services um they can remain separate and that would still be provisional um under the equal protection clause Uh, and this carries on for a few decades uh during which uh, jim crow laws are passed um and what are jim crow laws well jim crow laws were laws that prohibited blacks and whites from integrating in, in public areas. So you'd have, you know, public drinking fountains, but one of them was for a white person and one of them is for a black person. Or public bathrooms or any kind of other public uh, facility, the states were allowed to say this one is only for whites and this one is only for blacks. And that lasted all the way up until, what is it, it's 1954, I want to say, when Brown v. Board of Ed came down. Uh, yeah, 1954. So ah, 58 good. years later. That's a pretty, pretty good memory. Yeah, there. so yeah. for almost 60 years you had this, um, I mean, it's segregation. You had segregation of, of, of races in, in, illegally. Then Brown v. Board of Ed came down and said, no, 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 hold up. Uh, we're going to reverse course on that because having things that, even though they are have the appearance of being equal or sort of statutorily are considered equal, in actuality separate is inherently therefore unequal and not only that just as a thematic point the court also found that in reality a lot of these separate uh, facilities were actually unequal and not being given the proper funding but even if they were the court said even if they were given the same amount of funding or upkeep or things like that they would still be considered unequal by the court's opinion and therefore it struck down the plessy v ferguson it had a reversal on it ironically, much like Jerry's reversal at the end of this episode, changed course and reset the history and the legal doctrine in America to say that segregation is unlawful and there has there cannot be separate public facilities for black and white people. Yeah, and um, just a few fun facts. Thurgood Marshall was the one who argued. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brown will right for the Supreme Court. And then, of course, just you know, 10 or 15 years later, he is the first... Uh, African-American to be um, nominated and then confirmed to the Supreme Court 
um, where he served for um, almost 35 years, I think, until the early 90s. Um, yeah, well, he, he was served until Clarence Thomas replaced him, right? That, yeah, I think so. I think that that's right. Yeah, so that, that takes care of sort of the overview of, of the public, uh, the doctrine about public facilities. But what about private businesses? How did the government get around to uh, regulating that and stopping segregation? Because, like, I, you know, I, I've never heard of a bar in my lifetime that said, you know, no no blacks allowed or no Jews allowed or something like that. But 50 years ago, that was allowed. So how did the government start to stop that? Yeah, so it's not for another 10 years, actually, um, uh, with the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. There's a few, there a few Civil Rights Acts in the, eight, in the 19th century, and there's some Civil Rights Acts after this, but this is the, the one that everyone, really, where we get most of the, the law from. Um, and this prevents private businesses. It does something similar to what the Constitution does. It basically prevents private businesses from discriminating based on race, um, national origin, religion, might be one or two others in there. But how can, I don't understand, because, you know, you always hear, oh, it's my, I can do what I want with my private business. So how can the government, like, what gives the government that power to say, no, you can't discriminate against somebody because of their race, even though you're a private business? How do they get around that? Yeah, it's it's really hard. So they they actually used uh, the Commerce Clause, which um, is basically how the federal government regulates interstate commerce. So, you know, the FDA, um, some other aspects, other, you know, other government, other agencies government, that, you, know, you know, as a lawyer, you're not, you shouldn't have any, yeah, you know, government stuff, government things, laws. So they, yeah. So they use a commerce clause. Basically they said that, you know, we can, you know, we can regulate private business, um, you know, to enact, you know, anti, anti-discrimination laws. Um, so you can't discriminate on race origin, uh, national origin, you know, religion um under this principle that but just as we could regulate you know uh the the uh how much iron is in uh wheat you know enrichment enriched wheat products so too we can uh regulate um and, and say that you can't discriminate based on uh these these principles that are in the law um and of course that actually if if, if for those of you alive and old enough to remember uh the 1964 or yeah 1964 presidential race that was a big um, ask, you know, debate between Barry Goldwater and Lyndon Johnson. You know, basically, wasn't even about the substance of the law. I think a lot of people agreed that the Civil Rights Act itself was perfectly okay. Um, and a lot of states had passed their own civil rights legislation. Uh, but it became more about this: where does the power of the government? Can they even do this? Um, Sixty years later, it's pretty clear that the federal government not only could, um, but perhaps certainly should have that uh, that power. Um, and the law stood for the last sixty years or so. So just to kind of recap then an overview, we, we go from there's no no laws on the books about race in America. Then we get a constitutional amendment that says you cannot discriminate based upon race. A few uh, About 30 years after that, we get the Plessy Ferguson decision that says, what does discrimination mean? It means separate but equal. So you can't give lesser treatment to somebody because of their race, but you can give separate treatment. And that created the Jim Crow laws, which allowed for... Uh, different public facilities for the people of different races. Then Brown v. Board of Ed reverses course on that and says, no, we have to have integration and that people have to be able to use the same facilities. And then 10 years after that, the civil rights legislation comes around and allows the government to regulate even private businesses to make sure that there's segregation even in the private sector. Yeah, and this this pretty much, for the most part, completes um, the major civil rights legislation with regards to uh, race, race, religion, national origin. Um, there's a few bits of legislation that comes later and some Supreme Court cases that come later, but this kind of, 
this kind of rounds out the major decisions. Well, um, so with, with that with that intellectual and academic and historical knowledge, now we can answer the important question of which pastry best reflects this legal doctrine. Yeah, so um, Jerry says it's a black and white cookie. But as... Um, look to the cookie. Look to the cookie, look to the cookie. But, um, you know, he also reverses on the cookie. And I think that's not... I mean, who knows what Larry David and, and Jerry Seinfeld were thinking when they wrote this, but... You know, the black and white cookie, remember, they're separate on the cookie. Now, they might be equal, but they're separate. And so I don't think that the black and white cookie really is a good representation of this. And as, you know, Aaron said, you know, shortly a while ago, uh, Jerry reverses on the cookie. He does a reversal just like the Supreme Court did on that kind of separate but equal structure. Yeah, because so, let's, let's, let's look at the black and white cookie even more where it's, as Brown v. Board of Ed said, separate is inherently unequal. And let's face it. Those two sides of the cookie are never exactly equal anyway. I mean, they might appear to be that way, but when you take a closer look, there's some of it globbing on one side. You know, it's uneven. One side is bigger. It's diagonal. So you can't get both in one bite. I mean, I know as much as Jerry tries, it's almost impossible after the first or second bite. Yeah. So the black and white cookie, I mean, it has the the look of being the, uh, you know, the, the racial cohesion, but it is not reflective of our legal doctrine at all. It's stuck in the 19th century with that Plessy v. Ferguson decision. Yeah, so what um, What would be the best pastry? Well, you know, you got to think about something that's going to have both chocolate and vanilla. And... Yeah, Black know, Forest cake, maybe? Carrot cake? Well, carrot cake, I mean, there's no chocolate in carrot cake. Unfortunately not. But uh, Black, Black, Black uh, Forest, I think that's the same problem you have with the black and white cookie. Separate yeah. layers. We don't yeah. want layers. We don't want layers. What we want is, well... I guess what we want is that old mainstay, the chocolate babka, where everything's swirling together in one cohesive pastry. You can't eat a babka without having both the chocolate and, I mean, it's not really vanilla, but the, uh, I guess the pastry portion of it, we, you know, which has the appearance of being uh, lighter skinned or <laughs> lighter, lighter colored. Um, you can't eat a babka without getting both in one bite. And, uh, and they're not separate. They're, I mean, they're, they're layered, but they're, they're wrapped all together in one. They're swirled into each other. I mean, they're hugging. They're, they're hanging out together. There's no layers. There's no separation. The chocolate babka, that's... When you think of civil rights legislation, you think of chocolate babka. And there's yeah, no other way to say it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, can't, I can't think of any other pastry that I would want to have uh, to, celebrate, uh, to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr., than the than the chocolate babka. Although now, when you said swirling chocolate, it made me think of that other other episode where George talks about the swirling chocolate. I can't remember what, which one it was now yeah, when he talked about it. That I believe is an evidence discussion, which we will have to save for another day. Um, but make sure you check out our website, SeinfeldLaw.com. You can find us on Facebook uh, on our page, Seinfeld Law. You can find us on Twitter at Seinfeld Law. You can email us, SeinfeldLaw at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we just want to wish everyone a really happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day um, to remember to live every day through his teachings and what he uh, what he taught this great country. Uh, you know, he made the world a better place for it. He made all of us um, better and this, this country better for it uh, and for what he taught us. And, um, you know, we can only hope that he had spent, you know, the last, uh, you know, an additional 60 years of his life uh, spreading his good word and spreading his teachings. Um, and uh, with that, wish you all a happy uh a happy rest of your holiday weekend, and um, until you see us next time, uh, happy, uh, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day.